Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, glad you're with us seven days from today, Election Day. That means uh, one week from today you'll be turning in maybe 6 o'clock or so and you begin your long night, settle in, and 435 seats in the Senate up for grabs, key Senate races, governor's races that we are watching. One of the governor's races we're paying attention to and the Senate races down in the great state of Florida very, very, very tight races, both for Rick Scott, who's done a great job as governor for the people of Florida, who is taking on Ben Nelson, basically a Schumer liberal. I mean, there's the voting. It's indistinguishable, him and Schumer. And Ron DeSantis taking on the radical leftist who wants to raise business taxes 40%. Clearly under FBI investigation, you know, the only guy that I know that could actually take from an FBI agent a thousand dollars in tickets to go see Hamilton in New York, give the guy the contract and not be arrested. I mean, that coupled with his uh, running mate making what appear to be anti-Semitic comments. We'll get into that with Ron DeSantis in the course of the program today. You know, I, I don't know why I have a greater piece about where things are today, because I feel like. It's out of my hands. I feel like you you either know or you don't know at this point. And if you don't see the urgency in this midterm election, I can't help you. And I would just say that, you know, look at what the president's going to be doing. And that's going to be 11 stops between now and Election Day, doing everything he could possibly do so that his agenda can stay on course. The successful agenda that we've had for the last two years that he can increase the number of senators in the U.S. Senate. We have opportunities for sure. And that maybe even pull out, fight back against historical trends and hang on to the House. And there are basically going to be three results that you're going to get one week from tonight. Now, result number one would be the best. And that is that 
the Republicans pick up three to four Senate seats, which would be very powerful, maybe more. I mean, anything can happen. And that Republicans, even if it's by one vote, hang on to the House, that would be a win, 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 win scenario. That would be a knockout blow. So you can shock the world, but it all depends on you. You know, this is a democratic republic. It counts on we, the people. We've identified on Hannity.com, especially in the House, the most important races there that are going to tip the balance of power in the House. We've been putting on some some key uh, congressional candidates in very important districts. It's interesting. Oh, look, there are 435, so they're all important. Every, every every one of you listening to my vote, I don't care if you think your congressman is safe or not, you better get out and vote. Because otherwise, if you don't vote, that's pretty much a vote for Nancy Pelosi. And if you have a Senate race going on in your state, that's a vote for Chuck Schumer. The second potential outcome is a split decision. Split decision would be Republicans hang on to the Senate, gain a couple of seats, and Nancy Pelosi then becomes Speaker. And Maxine Waters is a chairwoman. Adam Schiff is a chairwoman. And let's see, Gerald Nadler is a chairman. And Elijah Cummings, a chairman. And it's endless investigations. You know, one of the most unbelievable things that we're watching unfold here is, well, we got this desperation factor of the Democrats. I mean, even when I think, even when I warn you of what they do every two and four years, racist, sexist, misogynist, xenophobic, Islamophobic, homophobic, you know, dirty air, dirty water, kill children, throw granny over the cliff. Just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. And the echo chamber, if you've ever doubted, ever doubted who the media in this country is pulling for, just just watch any so-called cable news channel besides Fox for 30 seconds, because it's every second Every minute of every day, hate Trump, destroy Trump, help the Democrats. And if it means falsely accusing the president of being responsible for the synagogue shooting over the weekend and not even tell the people, their viewers, that, well, the shooter, this madman Bauer, hated Trump because of Trump being so allied and good partners with our closest ally, Israel. And the same people, you know, saying Trump caused this. Trump's responsible for this. You know, it's 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 a sense of madness, but it also does show a desperation that is now kicked in for the Democratic Party. They are desperate. You know, one thing I I think I'm going to talk about polls a little bit in the course of the program today. But I'm also on the other hand, seems like I'm talking out of both sides of my face. I'm really not. Um, I'm going to tell you to just ignore the polls at this point. doesn't matter. You still have a job to do. And if you want to, to keep the progress that we've had, you want to prevent hearing the night of one week from tonight and one day after one week from tomorrow when we talk about the results, if you don't want to hear the words Speaker-elect Pelosi – Senate majority elect Schumer, then you're going to have to do something about it. The worst case scenario is they can win it all. And the only way that's going to happen is if you stay home. Now, the reason I'll tell you not to pay attention to the polls is because they get it wrong so often. 
Just two years ago, the exit polls showed that Trump lost Florida. He won it. Lost North Carolina. He won it. That he had lost Ohio. He won Ohio. That he lost Pennsylvania. He won Pennsylvania. That he lost Michigan and Wisconsin, and he won both of them. And the media, nobody, they were giddy. Because they read these results as I was on the air at 5.15. I had it before everybody else. I remember in my first break at, at the about 20 after the hour, I called then-candidate Donald Trump. And I said, somebody's going to come in in about a minute with bad news and tell you that you lost everything. Don't believe it. I said, I don't believe these polls. I said, there's no way these polls are accurate. And he goes, why do you believe that? And then I told him the story about 2004 where the media, again, the polls came back, and George Bush and Dick Cheney had lost Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and it was over. And Dick Cheney called the radio program, this radio program, at you know on Election Day 2004 at 535 and reminded people they still had time to vote because he read the same information that I had just read, that John Kerry was going to be the next president. You know, if you go back in, you know, other polls where they've been wrong, 2014, you know, let's go back with the election one week away. It's coming down to the wire. Conventional wisdom is Republicans will pick up a few seats in the House, uh, in the Senate, but lose the House by a painfully slim margin. One of the reasons is, look, if you look at real clear politics, that's based on polling. Polling is not totally inaccurate information there's some things you can glean from polling that are anecdotal maybe the way to put it helpful in other ways right now real clear politics has the democrats at 205 seats locked solid or leaning democrat it has leaning republican locked solid republican 200 that's a five seat difference but because republicans have the majority of uh, right now, that means that they have more seats they have to defend. There's like 30 seats that they call toss-ups that could swing one way or the other. We've identified these. We put them up on Hannity.com. You can check it out for yourself. And the only thing that can make a difference is if you want the progress of the last two years to continue. You get to decide how you're going to feel a week from tonight. I mean, when the if you watch, go back the media in 2016. This 515, they were giddy. Well, it's pretty clear Hillary, I think, is going to be the next president. Frank Luntz was reporting from Times Square at 615, and I'm watching him. It's over. Trump lost. It ain't happening. Turned out not to be true. Turned out the polls were wrong. And I'm not criticizing Frank. He was reading the polling data. I had read the same data. So if you don't have the sense of urgency, I don't know what I can say or do to give it to you, but the media is all in on helping the Democrats get back the House and the Senate, and they're doing everything within their power to make that happen because they've hated Trump since the day he walked down the escalator with Melania. I think it's worth noting now that conventional wisdom does not exactly have a stellar track record. This is where I urge you to be cautious about the polls and don't let the polls influence your motivation here because not only were they wrong in 2016 they also were wrong in 2004 they were way off in the last midterm election remember republicans are even saying oh because ted cruz is filibuster oh we're going to get cleaned out in the senate that didn't happen one year before the 
2014 midterms, the media insisted the GOP hopes to recapture the Senate were dead on arrival because in October, Ted Cruz had filibustered Obamacare and shut the government down for 16 days. Good for him. Makes me like Ted Cruz more. The experts assured us 100% certainty in 2014. Republicans are going to pay a huge price when the 2014 midterms rolled around. 13 months later, the GOP not only won back the Senate, they did it with a nine-seat Senate landslide. Now, remember, as the night went on in 2016, media was kind of giddy, but then that giddiness began to give away to a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of nervousness. Oh, I think we got it still, but uh, yeah, it's getting a little tighter than we thought, isn't it? And then that turned into an all-out meltdown depression collectively by the media. And they couldn't believe it because you, we, the people, shocked the world. Well, it happened in 04, it's happened in 14, and it happened in 16. No reason it can't happen in 18. You should do it for no other reason because you want to keep America on the great growth growth trajectory we're on. And maybe for another reason, to watch these idiots in the mainstream media, these sanctimonious, uh, self-righteous, they're not news people, advocates that they are, the extension of the Democratic Party, they're going to lose it. If the House remains in Republican hands and Republicans pick up a number of Senate seats, they will lose it just like they did in 2016. This is a this is a white lash. CNN was reporting that night. Anyway, the so-called experts saw the Republican landslide coming that none of them saw it in 2014. No, very few of us saw that we could win. I'll give you the, let's go to 2014. Final Wall Street Journal, NBC News survey before balloting in 2014 had 46% of likely voters favor Congress led by Republicans, 45 preferred Democratic control, kind of similar to where they are now. The GOP claimed a similar one-point advantage lead in 10 states where Senate races were the most competitive, where the balance of power in the chamber would be decided. Those results suggest a narrower advantage for Republicans than in the latest midterm. And, you know, still, they claimed, oh, Republicans pick up nine seats. That's a hell of a field goal. They were saying they might, they might, while 2010 was kind of a two-touchdown embarrassing loss for Democrats, this is more Republicans win on a field goal. Well, they were wrong. Pew Research was wrong. I know, meanwhile, over at 538, Nate Silver was saying the polls showing Republicans retaking the Senate by a slim margin. Oh, they were wrong, too. Just like he was wrong in 2016. I think Rasmussen was the only one that got it right. So the bottom line is you have the power. You have it. They can't stop you. You're a citizen. Go register. Go vote. And go shock the world again. It'd be fun, I'll tell you that. Well, I can deal with whatever. It's either going to be a split decision, Republicans win it all, or a really bad night. And you get to decide. Attention all patriots, are you in the market for a new gun? Well, the USCCA is on a mission to get more guns into the hands of more responsibly armed Americans. So they want to give you seven free chances to win the ultimate concealed carry package worth $1,500. That's a brand new gun. 
holster, magazines, and all the ammo you need to break it all in. Entering is easy, quick, and 100% free, but you're running out of time. Your chance to win vanishes Halloween at midnight. And remember, you'll get seven free chances to win. Simply text CARRY to the number 87222 for the official rules and to instantly lock in your seven free chances to win. It's that easy. Just get your phone out right now and text CARRY. That's C-A-R-R-Y to the number 87222. This is your absolute last chance, and this is too easy and way too valuable to pass up. Text CARRY, C-A-R-R-Y, to 87222 right now. That's it. Just imagine getting 1500 bucks for doing something so easy. Get your seven free chances for the ultimate concealed carry package right now. Text CARRY to the number 87222. Text CARRY to 87222. All right, one week from today, the results come in. But uh, just going back... 19 days before the Republican Senate landslide in 2014. This is what Nate Silvers, 538, said. This year's Senate election is close. Republicans have the clearer path to a majority, but it is a treacherous one. Republicans are favored in Iowa, Colorado, for example, but not by much. If Democrats eked out victories in those states and picked up the seat in Kansas, they can control 50 seats and keep their majority. Democrats could also pick up seats from the GOP in Georgia, Kentucky. Republican gains in Arkansas, Louisiana are probable, but far from certain. Relatively modest errors in the right states would do tricks for the Democrats. Anyway, the Republicans picked up nine. Donald Trump didn't win a single state, according to the polls. John Kerry was going to be president because of the polls. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. And I just know when we're in the fight and I just, you know, I have a natural gut instinct to always want to play like I'm behind, play hard. And the way you play hard in this case is you make a decision now that you're going to vote for the Republican congressman in your district. Check out my website. See if you're in one of those key pivotal, you know, tip the balance of power districts they're the most important but every seat is important and when you vote know that if you vote for a democrat you're voting for pelosi if you vote for a republican if you you're you're voting to keep the status quo of economic growth and prosperity and a strong national defense and build a border wall you know if you vote for any democratic senator you're just voting for schumer if you vote for bredesen mccaskill nelson uh, Joe Donnelly, Cinema, you vote for any of them. Tester, you're voting for Schumer. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. U.S. Consumer Confidence, according to Bloomberg.com. Now, doesn't Mayor Bloomberg still own Bloomberg? I'm assuming, right, Linda? I'm. I'm it's called Bloomberg. Does he still own Bloomberg and Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg, you know, all that? I assume he does, right? You don't have an answer. Okay. Anyway, consumer I'm sorry. Comp- I was talking to our callers. I apologize. I will find out for you and circle back. Well, it's at an 18-year high. If it's at an 18-year high, why is Bloomberg spending all this money throwing him at, at Democratic candidates so the Democrats can take back the House? Because we haven't had this kind of economic prosperity growth for all these years. Now we've got 4 million new jobs, 8 million fewer Americans on food stamps and in poverty. We've got more opportunity than we've had in over a decade, for crying out loud. Things are growing by leaps and bounds. Why would we want to stop? That's what the midterm election should be about. Bloomberg owns 88% of Bloomberg. <laughs> that was a pretty quick thing. Um, 
here's an interesting article. So the president and Melania go to Pittsburgh today after the terrible shooting in the synagogue in Pittsburgh on Saturday. And no one in the media, all the people in the media that are actually blaming Donald Trump for this, it's outrageous. It is ugly. It is twisted. It is sick. It is defamatory. You know, frankly, there, there's there's got to be some legal standard at some point that you ought to be able to sue for such slander and, and libelous comments like this. Anyway, Jeffrey Myers, the Pitt, Pittsburgh rabbi, you know, who watched 11 of his congregants gunned down during their Saturday services, saying he's now become the political target and he's receiving hate mail for saying he would welcome the president to his place of prayer. It's unbelievable. Anyway, you had all these wonderful people. They're going to praise God in a temple, and they're gunned down. Anyway, the organization told reporters they now have received three phone calls today alone from an unidentified man swearing and angry at them. They wouldn't elaborate exactly what the caller said. They did tell reporters that it was anti-Semitic and pro-Trump. Well, the guy Bowers that was responsible for this murder and terror in the synagogue was anti-Trump. And as Ron Derber has said, the ambassador to Israel, as Bibi Netanyahu has said, you know, they've never heard any one president ever say, stand up, that if you destroy our friends, our allies in Israel, we will destroy you. Which, by the way, is the way it should be. You don't get to kill innocent men, women, and children in a synagogue. It's unbelievable the the race, the rush to politicize pretty much anything and everything that is Donald Trump. You know, the rabbi said on CNN, Trump is my president. He's always welcome to visit. You know, ever since yesterday morning, the, the fake news fraud media has been circulating what is just a pernicious lie that somehow Pittsburgh's rabbis didn't want the president to visit and pay his respects after the massacre. Rose Tennant, friend of this program, she was on with us yesterday. You know, she exposed this as the hateful garbage and fraud that it is and saying those comments come from, you know, some fringe group, but not from not representative of anybody, the mainstream of the Pittsburgh Jewish community. The Jerusalem Post today points out, you know, that this radical group out there, whatever, they're not, it's not mainstream. It's a political group. I don't even want to give them any attention. And then anyway, anyway so they invited, uh, I guess, and interviewed Rabbi Jeffrey Myers. He gave a prayer yesterday that was beyond beautiful. I mean, how pastors and priests and, you know, people of the cloth are able to lift people up when I'm sure they themselves are just dying inside. I don't know. It takes a very special anointed person to be that kind of person. Donald Trump's my president. The president of the United States is always welcome to visit. You know, our friend David Schoen on this program has been to the Tree of Life, says Rabbi Myers is an amazing man. And... um why wouldn't you want the president to come and comfort your congregation? There's never been a more pro-Israel president in my lifetime than this one. 
It's just it's just a fact. All these presidents promised that Jerusalem, which is the rightful capital of Israel, oh, we're going to move it from Tel Aviv to Israel. Then they never do it because they never have the courage to do it. What did Donald Trump? He was getting all these calls from other countries in the re- region. And he said, no, I'm doing it. I made a promise. I'm keeping my word. Well, why don't we have a little bit more of that? That is one thing that Donald Trump, if he gives you his word, he's going to he's fighting for it. We see it now happening on the immigration fight. Now, the president and uh, Lindsey Graham have teamed up to end birthright citizenship. In other words, if you enter the country illegally and you happen to give birth to a child, that child's instantly, even though you're in the country illegally, interest in, in initially is just automatically a U.S. citizen. Doesn't matter that your parents are here illegally. Well, that is only to me encouraging other illegal behavior. We're asking people, we support immigration, legal immigration. We now see caravan organizers loading Ill- illegal migrants onto buses headed for the U.S., although some of the people now have been turning back. Um, the Pentagon now has deployed over 5,200 troops. They're putting up barriers of barbed wire and other things because we can't have what happened on the southern border with Guatemala and Mexico, Mexico's southern border, where people just rush across and rush over the police. You know, we had apparently a confrontation yesterday, one dead, dozens injured, as a caravan was clashing with Mexican authorities. We don't want that here. We are saying if you want to come, then come legally. Don't come illegally. Respect America. First thing to getting into America has to be respect America's sovereignty. Respect our borders. Respect who America is. Um, this is getting interesting about Robert Mueller. I don't really know what to think about it. I'm a little torn about even talking about it, but apparently Mike Allen, let me see if I can pull this story up here, is uh, tweeting out that special counsel, former FBI director Mueller, is accused of some type of sexual impropriety against women And the FBI now is looking into it that it's a false story. So I want to give you both sides of it. Daily News has a a very different take on it. And their headline is FBI asked to investigate allegations that women were offered cash to accuse Robert Mueller of sexual assault. Now I know for a fact that a tape exists uh, where there is a very prominent person on the tape, not about Mueller, very prominent person on the tape, offering money to somebody to make allegations against Donald Trump. Why this tape has never been made public, I don't know. But it does exist. And I'm not going to go any further than that at this point. So this type of thing does happen. And I think like in every other case, I mean, I'm not a fan of the team that Robert Mueller put together. I, you know, I'm always torn because I never want to criticize. I'm I'm very fond of law enforcement. I just hate the people that he hired in this witch hunt. How we ever got off into things like, you know, bank loan applications when it was supposed to be about Trump-Russia collusion. You know, we're at a point in history where this is how phony Democrats are. They only care about Russia collusion and interference if it's Donald Trump. But when you have real evidence, because there's no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, but when there's real evidence of Hillary paying for a phony Russian dossier disseminated by top intelligence officials 
and FBI officials to lie to the American people before an election is used to commit fraud on FISA court judges four times to get into the Trump campaign vis-a-vis a Trump campaign associate and then is part of a media leak strategy that we've now learned about. It's taken 18 months. That dossier is used and leaked all over the media to create the impression, oh, there's smoke here about Trump-Russia collusion. But the leaks were about the phony dossier, Russian dossier that Hillary paid for. On top of, of course, Hillary committing multiple felonies and having a rigged investigation. And this leak strategy leading to the appointment of Mueller which we now know to be the insurance policy just in case Trump wins because Trump should lose a hundred million to one, according to Peter Strzok. Even Peter Strzok said there's no there there. Lisa Page said just prior to the appointment of Mueller, they had no evidence of any type of collusion. None. It's outrageous. You know, you watch this, this vile anti-Semitic racist Trump hater murdering 11 innocent people, injuring six others. I mean, you see, it's basically the face of evil. Evil exists. It exists in society. It exists all around the world. That's why we need to spend the money we spend on a strong national defense. That's why we need to be tough with, oh, Kim Jong-un and the mullahs in Iran. You know, it's, it, we had the deadliest attack against the Jewish community on American soil in our history. The president said, no, we'll destroy you if you attack them, which was the right answer. There's no place in this country for evil, racist, anti-Semites. None. And I don't think there's been a president in modern history that has demonstrated his support for our number one ally in the Middle East and, frankly, between Great Britain and Israel, that this is the closest alliance we have as America founded on Judeo-Christian principles. It's a personal connection in his own family with his daughter and his son-in-law, his grandchildren. You know, as um, you know, he's the one that deported the Nazi death camp guard. Obama didn't do it. Could have, but he didn't. He's been the most pro-Israeli president, rightly so, since 1947, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Past presidents never had the courage to do it. The Israeli prime minister, who I've often said was the only adult on the world stage, finally has a partner that understands the evils and the threats of radical Islam and especially Iran. In the mainstream media, Democrats speaking with one voice blame Trump for this horrific attack. Dana Milbank writing, Trump's America is not a safe place for Jews. What a lie. What a slanderous, disgusting, despicable lie. Also in the Washington Post, an editor writing, You know, Trump has stoked the fears of those like Bauer. One columnist of the New York Times, Trump has flirted with the deepest racist and Nazis, and it has not gone unnoticed, at least of all by them. Blaming the president. Now, not only is Trump historically, since 48, the most supportive president of Israel and the Jewish community, the monster that committed this evil atrocity in the synagogue uh, happens to hate Trump. Why? Because Trump is so close with our friends and allies of Israel. And Bauer's posting online his hatred and contempt for Trump because of his support for Israel. 
But yet the mainstream media's coverage, that doesn't matter. You had one, you know, CNN and, you know, GQ correspondent saying that the president is worse than ISIS. I think, you know, this president, one of the things that he really launched his presidential run on is talking about Islamic radicalization. And this president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. I think the president has far more supporters who espouse an equally hateful ideology. And CNN. And it's unbelievable. She says, well, my comments are exact. That's all we've heard all weekend. And then you get fake news. President Jeff Zucker lecturing the president on rhetoric and civility. This is his network. Every second minute hour of every day, it's anti-Trump. Then that idiot Humpty Dumpty, you know, who is basically the, you know, spokesman for Zucker, stenographer for Zucker over the weekend as a guest. We played some of this yesterday. Saying, oh, Hannity's responsible for the violent actions of a deranged individual when, in fact, we have on this program, we have for the last month been warning people the rhetoric's too hot and they need to calm down because you could see this coming with, you know, we can't be civil, kick them, uh, running women at a restaurant, Sarah Sanders, Pam Bondi, Kristen Nielsen, and Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz and his wife. You know, and a boulder thrown through Kevin McCarthy's door. You know, you could see the hostility about all things conservative and Republican. You know, I call for security and peace and people to take out their differences at the ballot box. But that doesn't stop them. They're so desperate to get noticed. So desperate to help their Democratic allies and friends win one week from today. It's pathetic. Frankly, it's slander in and of itself. Now, we've got to get to the point in this country, if you get slandered, you ought to be able to sue and have a chance to win. Well, you have to prove absence of malice. Well, how about absence of research? Because if they ever listened or watched, they'd see a very different Sean Hannity than the caricature that they paint. By the way, Linda, you notice who was fairest to us in the news media? I could not believe I was on the front cover of the National Enquirer. It's on stands all over the country, and they were fair to me. They actually quoted me 100% accurately, which never happens. Did you notice that? I did notice that. It's pretty remarkable. Well, can you put that up on uh, Hannity.com, and hopefully if you go to your local grocery store, the National Enquirer was fair to me. Totally fair. Quoted me 100% accurately. Said, okay, and then at different points said, I want to make sure I got your comment right. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I wouldn't get that on any other network. How can, can Floridians trust your judgment when someone under FBI investigation was part of your inner circle? Yeah, well, you know, we all have friends that sometimes let us down. The difference between uh, Andrew and me is that when I dealt with the FBI as a prosecutor, I was working hand-in-hand hand with them to bring people to justice. When Andrew deals with them, he's dealing with an undercover agent posing as a contractor who he was on a junket with in New York City. You went to a Broadway show with an undercover FBI agent. You went to Costa Rica with these same lobbyists. And guess what happened? The lobbyists that wind and dine Andrew, they got a $2 million grant from the city government. So to me, corruption is when you're in a position of power, you're getting something you shouldn't have had. He shouldn't have gotten the Broadway tickets. He shouldn't have gotten the trip to Costa Rica. And then you give something to someone in return. He gave $2 million to Thank those you. same lobbyists. Over the weekend, you called Andrew Gillum. You referenced him being a thief. Well, what did you mean by that? Well, the FBI offered him tickets at $1,800 a piece, and he took them. He took a trip with the same FBI agent 
I guess he was posing as a developer or something. The man stone cold took this stuff. I don't even think he should be allowed to continue on with the He race. responded today by calling you weak. You're howling because you're weak. That's what oh, he I'm said weak. in a tweet. I haven't, I haven't heard that one lately. That's okay. Good. That's a change of pace. Look, here's a guy that, in my opinion, is a stone cold thief. And his... His city, Tallahassee, is known as the most corrupt in Florida and one of the most corrupt in the nation. He's a disaster, and how he's even close to being tied is hard to believe. But Florida can't have. If Florida has a governor like that, and I know Florida better than I know practically anywhere, Florida will become Venezuela. It will be a disaster. And you have Ron DeSantis, who is a Harvard-Yale guy. He's had a really terrific, you know, he's a very good person. He's going to be a very he's going to be a very good to a great governor. This other guy is a stone cold. In my opinion, he's a thief. How can you have a guy like this? And you just look at his record. Also, look at the job he's done as the mayor of Tallahassee. He's a total disaster. Wow. That was the president talking about Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, who's running for governor against Ron DeSantis, uh, the Republican. Like everything in Florida, it's a very close, tight race at this moment. Ron DeSantis joins us now. Uh, Congressman, hopefully soon to be governor. How are you, sir? We're doing good, Sean. And we've got uh, really good news in terms of the voters that are coming out to vote. Uh, Even though we've had a lot of early voting, uh, we're actually leading as Republicans the mail and uh, absentee mail and the early vote so far. We're usually behind by now, and we come back on Election Day. So I think we're turning out a lot of those Trump voters who didn't always vote in midterm elections uh, because I think they realize that this is an important race for the future of Florida. That's good news for us. Well, you got you running for Rick Scott's seat. Rick Scott uh, would love to see him. He did a great job as governor of Florida, and I'd love to see him go to the U.S. Senate. That, too, is a, a tight race. Let's talk about the FBI investigator buying, what, $1,000 Hamilton tickets for Andrew Gillum, and you're saying that there was a quid pro quo involved? Well, this guy was posing as a developer. Uh, He went and he paid for Andrew at least $1,000 for that ticket. That's an illegal gift in and of itself. Andrew never reported it. This developer wanted a zoning change in Tallahassee, and sure enough, later he got that. There were text messages released where that FBI agent is uh, texting the the main lobbyist buddy of Andrew saying, really appreciate the mayor coming through. uh, Why wasn't he arrested? Isn't that buying influence and corruption? Well, there's an ongoing investigation. I mean, that's the thing. I think that um, uh, we don't know what's going to happen because this has been going on for quite some time. They've been gathering a lot of evidence. Andrew, also the same lobbyist that arranged the New York junket, paid for a four-night stay in a luxury Costa Rica villa for Andrew Gillum. Andrew didn't pay a dime of that. And then Andrew turned around and gave that lobbyist a $2 million contract uh, to do a restaurant in the city of Tallahassee. Now we know, in addition to the $1,000 ticket that the agent gave to Gillum, the FBI agent also underwrote a $4,300 dinner for Andrew's campaign uh, in 2016. That was never reported, which it needs to be. And so the question is... Well, you can't report it after the fact. That's just basically covering your tracks, a CYA, so you don't get arrested. It's not reported at all. The only reason we know about it is because there's an ethics commission investigation of Gillum. And in in, uh, response to those subpoenas, uh, one of the lobbyist attorneys released it to the public. So $4,300 and then at least $1,000 for Hamilton. Andrew says he's not under investigation. But, Sean, you tell me, what other... 
other reason would an undercover agent have to do those things if he wasn't investigating Mayor Andrew Gillum? Well, let me ask you, too. Two days ago, it was the Politico that reported that apparently his running mate, you know, claimed that, quote, Jews nailed him to the cross and read the text message to, you know, apparently it's now out there. Many you know, people in, in South Florida apparently are pretty angry at this remark, and uh, which seems pretty anti-Semitic to me. Is he standing by this? Look, I think it's reprehensible. Uh, Andrew Gillum picked this guy knowing that he had done that. But here's the thing about Andrew Gillum. He has aligned himself with some of the most anti-Israel and anti-Semitic groups in Florida, including this radical group called the Dream Defenders, which is a leader in the boycott, divest, and sanction movement targeting Israel. They actually say Israel's a genocidal apartheid state. And so that's one of Andrew's strongest supporters. Andrew, to this day, opposes having our embassy in Jerusalem. He opposes recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And when uh, Israel fought back against the Hamas attacks in May, uh, Gillum blamed Israel. He said, oh, they just used those attacks as a pretext to be able to do a disproportionate response. And so well, what is this Dream really Defenders organization that he won't disavow? They're one of the most radical organizations in Florida. Uh, they, they believe that the police and prisons have no place in justice and that the police needs to be defunded. They say, they say the U.S. is the biggest bully in the history of the world and our military needs to be cut. They, they favor replacing what they consider disaster capitalism, is their word, with socialist principles that are so radical it would make Nicolas Maduro blush. So he signed their candidate pledge saying that he would support uh, this radical manifesto. So that's just who he is. He believes in what they're doing. He has endorsed them personally. And uh, it would be well, there's a disaster. there's a tape of him, I guess, that was discovered in June saying that he's pleased and proud to have sneaked food to Dream Defender activists during a 30 day sleep in protest at the Florida State Capitol, referring to the 2013 month long anti-gun protest uh, after the Trayvon Martin, uh, George Zimmerman case. And I hope you keep at it and he supported them. But you're saying that they're a radical group without question. I mean, they they are uh, anti-law enforcement. They're anti-free enterprise. They're anti-military. Um, they're anti-Israel. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, that may be a group you would want to be aligned with if you were running for the mayor of the Gaza Strip, but not for governor of Florida. Wow. Well, let's go over a little bit of his, his background and the proposals that he's making, because I think it's fairly extreme. Uh, number one, he was endorsed by Bernie Sanders. That speaks volumes to me. There's a lot of outside money, uh, reports that he's getting money from left-wing billionaires like uh, George Soros. Did George Soros really spend $1.2 million in this race in Florida to help him? Oh, yeah, I'm probably much more than that at this point. Yeah. He says that he supports Medicare for all. I am a champion of treating health care and as a right, not a privilege. So he wants what, nationalized health care? The bill he supports would abolish Medicare and Medicare Advantage for seniors and force them on a single-payer government plan. It would eliminate everybody's employer-based coverage and force them on a government single plan. So it would really upend the arrangements of millions and millions of Floridians. And he thinks it's appropriate for government to take away health benefits that people have earned and to force them to be on this single-payer plan. I think that'd be a disaster. He wants to raise the corporate tax rate 40 percent, a 40 percent increase. Well, what's that going to what's the impact that's going to have on Florida businesses? And 
Florida workers if the businesses pack up and leave. We will lose jobs. We will lose businesses. And we're also, I mean, you know, Sean, because everyone who works in high-tech states, they're always thinking about relocating to Florida. And we have a historic opportunity to really capitalize on that when I'm governor. But if Andrew has his way, he'll stop the flow of investment coming into Florida because people aren't going to invest if you have the highest tax rate in the southeast. And actually, he would raise it to be higher than New York. Yeah. And he also was the first Democratic candidate nationwide, I read, to call for the abolishment of ICE. Is that true? He supports abolishing ICE and impeaching President Trump. And he wants to eliminate Florida's uh, stand your ground law. Yes. He wants to impose on law abiding Floridians a duty to retreat. So if somebody, if a criminal is attacking you, you have to run and try to hide rather than fight back. He also supports legalizing drugs in Florida, like marijuana and others? Yes, he does. Well, I mean, it, you're, it looks like he is Bernie Sanders on steroids down there. I mean, I've got to believe with this controversial background, it looks like almost the phenomenon that the media is just pushing for him and pushing for him. And, you know, his record, I, I only spent about a half hour and I was able to dig it up. It wasn't that hard to find. And it seems like most of the media is ignoring who he really is. Oh, without question. I mean, the day he won the primary, particularly the national media, you know, they've tried to elevate him and try to make him into this great candidate. Um, they do not like to scrutinize his record. Uh, the fact that those documents got released after he lied in the debate last Sunday, uh, the media kind of had to cover that. But at the end of the day, he has been given very kid glove treatment. So it really falls to me and other folks to go out and make the case and let people know. And the good news is, is when Floridians figure that out, uh, they definitely don't want him as their governor. And so we're going to keep making the case for the next week. I'm worried about our friends, not only the recovery, I, I thoughts and prayers go to all our friends in the panhandle, um, uh, but the panhandle is so many people whose lives have been upended and disrupted and some people losing pretty much everything they own. And they've now moved out. The panhandle happens to be one of the most conservative areas of Florida. Are you concerned that people from the panhandle are going to be able to get their hands on a ballot, absentee or otherwise, or maybe be part of early voting? Is Florida doing anything to assist and help those people that have been displaced that would want to vote in this election because Florida is their home? They're doing a lot, uh, everything from mobile voting sites to accommodations for absentee ballots. You know, the bad news is, as you said, it was a terrific storm. The good news is uh, I think all but about 15,000 homes are going to have power by the weekend, um, which we weren't sure could happen that quickly. Um, and I know the rest of the folks, there's accommodations being made. So uh, they are resilient people uh, in the Panama City area. Um, and I know a lot of them do want to vote. And so they'll have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, and a, a devastation once again to the people there. How long do you look at rebuilding that part of Florida? And some people, I look like a tornado had wiped it out. Yeah, yeah look, I mean, it's, it's going to take time, obviously, with me coming in as governor. I'm going to have to deal with it and take off where Rick left off. I will say, though, um, had that gone 40 miles west, the population would have been much bigger. Um, so there is damage, and it's extensive damage, but I think it's damage in a relatively limited area. There's a couple areas that got hit pretty good. So we know what we got to do, and I think we'll be able to go in um, and do what we are. The president has committed to doing any repairs necessary for Tyndall Air Force Base, uh, right. which is an important uh, active duty site for us. So I'm really pleased that that is going to be fixed. I got to take a quick break. We'll come back more with Florida gubernatorial candidate Congressman Ron DeSantis on the other side. 
All right, as we continue with former congressman, now gubernatorial candidate, the all-important state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, going up against radical leftist Bernie supporter Andrew Gillum. Just as way of background, you did go to Harvard. How many years did you serve your country? I was active duty for five years in the U.S. Navy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look at Florida now. They had a little bit of a red tide problem. Is that something that happens cyclically over long periods of time occasionally? So, yeah, it's natural. I think the issue we've had is with Lake Okeechobee, the Army Corps of Engineers discharges some of this polluted water into the rivers. And so like right. the Lusahatchee River goes into the area where you where you live in southwest Florida. And I think what happened was some of those nutrients mixed with the red tide and exacerbated. So we, we got it bad. Southwest Florida got it really, really bad. Uh, so I'm committed to, to making sure that we're combating that, stopping the discharges. But in order to do that, you've got to work constructively with the Trump administration because a lot of that is state-federal partnerships. I'll be able to do that. Gillum wants to impeach Trump, so I don't know how the hell he's going to be able to work with them on any of this. So I think any of those problems we have under I, Gillum are going to But get I understand worse. it's gotten a lot better since it, it's, I guess, in the early part of the spring and summer of this year. A lot of it's gone away, right? Yeah, so some, I mean, quite frankly, Michael washed some of it um, you know, out. And so it's not as bad right. as it was for sure. But it really, yeah, there was a two month stretch there in Southwest Florida where people were just getting hammered. It was a nasty stench. There were fish kills. It hurt our economy and tourism. So uh, we need to do whatever we can. But a lot of it is the fault, you know, the federal government for discharging, you know, all this polluted water into the river. Uh, Ron DeSantis is running for governor of the great state of Florida. Uh, Rick Scott running for senator down there. Uh, it is one of the most important states, as Florida always is. Um, a 40 percent business tax by Andrew Gillum would be a disaster economically for Florida. I hope people are waking up to that fact. Um, and you are you have you're in the middle of early voting now and absentee voting obviously goes on. And uh, one week from today, we'll find out hopefully that you're the next governor of Florida. Otherwise, I think I'm unpacking uh my bags and I'm going to uh, pull out of Florida and I'll go looking at Texas. No offense to my friends in Florida. No, Sean, I re- look, I mean, we're, we're going to be squandering. You're gonna, if you're going to increase business taxes 40%, forget it. I'm out. I know. I know. No, that's exactly right. So we're going to get it done. I think the folks understand that. And, uh, you know, when I'm governor, we'll be able to build All off right, a I got a roll. track record here. Yep. Ron DeSantis for governor in Florida. Thank you for being with us. Seven days to go until election day. Best election coverage continues. They say, Maxine, please don't say impeachment anymore. And when they say that, I say impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. In terms of the bonus that corporate America received versus the crumbs that they are giving to workers to kind of put the schmooze on is so pathetic. They should once and for all work with us to improve the Affordable Care Act and renounce repeal once and for all as well. We've got to critically re-examine ICE and its role and the way that it is being administered and the work it is doing and we need to probably think about starting from scratch. We should protect families that need our help and that is not what ICE is doing today and that's why I believe you should get rid of it, start over, reimagine it. Bullies, that's what a local newspaper called Katie Hill's campaign. 
It reported on her campaign's lies, misrepresentations, and relentless attacks. It's time for civility. Enough is enough. Like you, I'm sick and tired of the political rhetoric from my opponent. It's meant to scare voters. So I want to tell you exactly what I believe. I'm Steve Knight, and I believe Social Security and Medicare must be protected. I believe our seniors have earned and deserved these benefits. And I believe that our veterans should get the best care available. That's why I fight for our seniors and our veterans every day. Steve Knight served our country in the United States Army, spent 18 years as an officer with the Los Angeles Police Department, and still lives in Palmdale, where he and his wife Lily raised their two sons. Named one of the most bipartisan members of Congress, Steve Knight works across party lines to get results for our community, from protecting Social Security and Medicare to standing up for veterans. Steve Knight fights for us. I'm Steve Knight, and I approve this message. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. That was the ad for Congressman Steve Knight, California's 25th district. And there's been an influx, by the way. Uh, He's been in office, by the way, since 2015, running against a Democratic challenger, Katie Hill. And a ton of money now. We see millions and millions of dollars coming from former New York City Mayor Bloomberg, who is supporting all of the Democratic candidates in California. And why not? I mean, Governor Brown is doing such a bang-up job for the people of that state. Anyway, he joins us now. Congressman, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I have identified myself about six, seven races, especially in Southern California. Daryl Issa's old seat, Dana Rohrabacher's seat, uh, Duncan Hunter's seat, that really are seeing a fortune in your seat thrown at them in terms of these are really being targeted as tipping point races uh, in terms of the balance of power in Washington one week from today, uh, how much money is being thrown at against you and towards your opponent? Well, I think I go back to that old uh, old commercial for uh, Conte Hot Sauce and say New York City, because that's what's happening in my district. Uh, New York is uh, throwing a ton of money out here. I think we're now number one in California for most money being spent in a congressional district. Uh, that's not something I I wanted, but uh, that's what I got. And uh, but we're running well. We're uh, we're doing what we do. You know. What do your polls have? What do you think the polls are? Well, listen. The bottom line is they're throwing money and they're running negative ads because negative ads work and money helps get out the vote. You know, they'll use that for you know people knocking on doors. They'll use it to text people. They will use it to reach out a hundred different ways, and that puts you at a decided disadvantage now. I kind of believe in freedom of speech and spending one's money the way they want is freedom of speech. But why Michael Bloomberg, former New York City mayor, is so obsessed with California's congressional races? Uh, obviously, he doesn't like Donald Trump. <laughs> well, I, I think that's probably the reason. But he's also looking at districts that he thinks he can uh, he can do something there. Uh, this is. This has been uh, held by a Republican for a very long time, and uh, we're going to win this seat. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, it's an unbelievable amount of money that's coming in here. It's, it's gotten to a saturation point now, and people are just so upset. I think people get uh, fed up with it, and they tune it out like I do. I mean, they they're do. not going to listen to it they, anymore. They go from their mailbox to the trash can, and then they bring their, their bills and their other mail home. Um, and it's, it's just so much out here right now. You can't turn on your TV. You can't go to your mailbox. You can't do anything. Now, do you have enough money there. yourself to fight back on who you are? You know, we're putting out our message. We're putting out our message on what I've done and uh, how we've accomplished things for this district and people like that. So yeah. that's that's what we're going to continue to do. 
How do you uh, feel about these other races, Duncan Hunter, Rohrbacher, Ice's Old Seat, the other, you know, Southern California districts they're targeting? How do you feel about those six? Because that could be the tipping point one week from today. Well, I tell people all the time, you know, Southern California is uh, is the hot spot right now. And it's it's because, uh, you know, the two people that are looking to be speaker uh, in the next session are from California. And uh, so they're looking at these seats. But I, I actually think we're going to do well. I really do. I think Mimi's doing well. I think uh, Dana's doing well. Um, it's it's going to come down to the candidate, though, that's going to have to pull it through for themselves. Um, yep. A lot of money is coming in. There's been a lot of help, and I appreciate all the help. But the candidates really got to pull it through. All right. Well, we wish all the best in your race, uh, Congressman Steve Knight. Again, if you're in Southern California, if you're in the – uh, if, you know, Simi Valley area, if you're in the Fresno area, the Bakersfield area, you know, we've been out there a number of times. Those are all important seats, and uh, that could tip the balance of power in D.C., and that's why all that money is being flooded into there. Uh, anyway, we'll watch your race very closely. Uh, Steve Knight, California's 25th District, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, let's get to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, Andrew is in Albany, New York, WGY. Andrew, hi, how are you? And by the way, Albany is like a sewer unto its own in terms of every single high-powered Albany politician or every friend of theirs ends up getting indicted. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's so corrupt, Sean. Sean it's so corrupt. At these polls, and I'm looking at the New York Times website. They're live polling. I don't think that it's biased. I think that it's skewed based on who's, you know, answering the phone. No one in I'm looking at Pennsylvania one on my computer right now. No one is answering in the Northern uh, District, First Congressional District for Pennsylvania. There's no one answering. There's no one else, and it's all skewed towards down close to Philadelphia. I think Fitzpatrick wins that race. I'm not sure exactly what you say. Explain that again. You think the uh, polls are inaccurate. I agree. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's just skewed based on who's answering. Because a lot of the district for Pennsylvania first is uh, most of the Republican vote there is in the northern section, northeast section. Right. On the border with New York. District. Right. Right. And there's no one answering the phone up there yet. It's all skewed towards the bottom, towards Philadelphia. Well, that's a big mistake, I think, on the Pennsylvania Republican Party's part. Um, we had a congressman on earlier this week from Lehigh Valley. And, you know, look, every ra- here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter where you live. I, we are putting some importance on some of these New York races, Minnesota races, California races. But the bottom line is all 435 members of Congress are up for re-election. Well, we need a majority. It doesn't have to be a big majority. But if you can win the majority and pick up the Senate seats, I think we can pick up, hold the Senate seats that need to be held, then it could be a very good night one week from now. But I am telling everybody, if in my opinion, right now, Republicans are plus three for the Senate. They'd add three senators. But I also would say that in the House, I'd say it's probably on paper looking at poll paper. And I'm hesitant to say this, but. Just analyzing the races, analyzing all of the new candidates, you know, 45 retirements in this time. I'm, I would say it's 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 probably plus five, maybe 10 Democrat with the toss ups, because 
Right now, the Democrats have 205 locked in races for the House. The Republicans, 200. Now, the problem is the toss-ups are almost all Republicans, so you're going to have to run the table on those. We put all that information, the most important, the top 30 that we've picked and identified. It's easily, you know, you can find it easily at Hannity.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I'm looking at it. I made like a toss-up right now on my computer. I'm looking at a toss-up that I made. I have it with the toss-ups, 193 GOP, 192 Dem, but a lot more vulnerable GOP seats, Sean. Yeah, look, let me give you one anecdotal piece of evidence. We know in 2016 that the exit polls showed and all the polls leading up to the election showed Donald Trump wasn't going to win. And the exit polls came out at 515 and it said he lost everything. Florida, gone. North Carolina, gone. Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, gone. And the same thing happened in 2004. At 515, the media was ready to declare John Kerry the next president. Thank God that didn't happen. Uh, in a midterm, if we go back, remember 2014, it was forecast as a close Senate race, but the GOP won nine Senate seats. I mean, they were wrong. So um, I say this with caution, caution. You know, probably the best thing people could do is realize that if you don't want Nancy Pelosi speaker, if you don't want Chuck Schumer to be the Senate majority leader, then just go vote and do all you can do in your power. At the end of the day, we'll deal with whatever mess, if we get one, that we're going to have to deal with. You know, there are three outcomes on Tuesday night, one week from today. One is Republicans gain seats in the Senate, hold the House. That's the best case scenario. One is a split decision. They gain seats in the Senate. They lose the House. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker. The worst case scenario It's Speaker Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Schumer. So, you know, we have the power to make that not happen. Right now, it all matters whether or not you're going to motivate your friends, whether you're going to get to the polls, whether you like the progress. Do you think you're better off than you were two years ago? All the important issues we talk about, you know what? It matters. Or we're going to have two years of endless investigations, possible impeachment, We're going to have the rescinding of our tax cuts by the Democrats. Uh, We're going to have open borders, sanctuary cities, eliminate ICE uh, and keep Obamacare. Every everybody, as I mentioned earlier, is running against running on health care on the Democratic side. I'm like, you're the same people that ruined the health care system with three big lies. Keep your doctor, keep your plan and pay less. So my advice is, you know, let's go out there and everybody fight hard. If everybody does their part. If everybody listening to my voice goes out and vote, and if you understand a vote for any House Democrats, a vote for Pelosi, any Democratic Senate voters, a vote for Schumer, then we should have a pretty good night a week from now. But the best part is that we live in a country where you get to decide that, where every American now has the power to decide. Anyway, um, I hope that's helpful. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. We're going to get a little into the whole issue of what health, how, how big an issue health care is uh, for this campaign. Uh, Ron DeSantis, gubernatorial candidate, was on with us earlier. He was really good today. And uh, we have a great Hannity tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. Hope you'll join us for that. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. As we head back to our phones, uh, Barry is in the great state of Tennessee where Phil Bredesen's uh, team was caught on tape saying he thinks the people of Tennessee are ignorant. 
and he thinks he can lie to the people of Tennessee. Anyway, what's going on? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, I did want to tell you the word mob isn't the word that comes into mind, but when I was at the Marshall Blackburn event Sunday, the word orchestrated is what comes to mind. One person popped up and started yelling, police dealt with her, then a person on the other side of the room popped up, started yelling, they got dealt. It's almost like they took turns and just being escorted out and doing while they're yelling and i was in the venue so i didn't see everything in the parking lot i just saw that later the night that night and the next day on tv like everybody else even a lady in a wheelchair started yelling and got escorted out and this is something the tennessee and the local paper didn't reflect or tell when I left the event that day and turned left going out of the parking lot, there she was standing in the parking lot with a lot of the other people that were in the venue that were on their side. There she was standing by a minivan. It's completely orchestrated. They're causing the mob mentality and the mob rule stuff, but they are extremely orchestrated. Well, look, we know that because we see that, and those are the marching orders from Corey Spartacus Booker and Maxine Waters and others, and um, they want to disrupt. You notice nobody on the left criticizes the mob, but, boy, they'll race to blame it, blame Trump, when a Trump hater goes in and kills innocent people at this synagogue. It's very sick, ugly, twisted, and abusively biased, but you have a say in seven days. That's the best part. Uh, Marsha is a great candidate. Thank you, Barry. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Coming up next, our final News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, ProjectVeritas.com has struck again. They've done an amazing job exposing, well, the hypocrisy, the lies, the misinformation and propaganda campaigns being run by top Senate candidates all around the country. Now we go to the great state of Arizona. I don't even know why this race at this particular point in time is even close. I really don't. Now you've got a war hero by the name of Martha McSally. 28 years she has served this country. 28 years. Six tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. And as she says, while her opponent was, you know, wearing a pink tutu and and organizing anti-war protesters. Now, she's also Kristen Sinema, the Democrat, called her own state the meth lab of democracy. We found tape of that. She called Arizona voters crazy. She said that Arizona is only famous in a Lindsay Lohan kind of way. And right after 9-11, she said it's okay. She has no problem with Americans joining our enemy, the Taliban, to fight. She literally said it while Martha McSally is risking her life. You know, think about that tonight. And she even promoted an event at Arizona State University featuring a radical lawyer who was representing the blind shake. Anyway, now they have been caught on tape. Once again, Project Veritas. This is their fourth strike this election cycle. And I'm going to play it for you. Cinema joking that banning guns in Arizona, people will shoot you. And then saying, believe it or not, that she can't talk about gun control or immigration. Notice how every one of these Democrats can't tell you what they really think or how they really feel. Then a cinema staffer saying, well, she can't be too progressive so she can get moderate votes. 
So in other words, they're all faking who they are, so you vote for them. And a cinema staffer saying that cinema will be liberal if elected. They're saying it. And then, of course, cinema now saying, you, oh, you can't trust Project Veritas. Uh, Veritas is convicted criminals. Uh, there's no trusting what your own eyes show you. Anyway, let's play these tapes. When I say ban guns in California, we're all like, yeah, ban them. You say ban guns out here. They'll actually shoot you. Yeah. We can't be talking about an assault weapons ban. No. We can't, right? We can't do it. So we can't talk about it, right? So what Kirsten, that com- like the conversation that she can lead is how do we get to a place where we can background checks, right? Can right, we yeah, fix that system? Okay. Unfortunately, right now what's happening is everyone is so into their corners, no one is actually, it's the same thing on immigration. She is pro-choice. She's very liberal. She's progressive. Right. But she doesn't, in this election, want to draw too much attention to being progressive because she's trying to be more... That's why I think she took so much Democratic help, too. Otherwise, she wouldn't have won, also. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she can't be too progressive or something? Nope. Because she has to capture all the moderate voters. Mm. Because Arizona's a red state, technically. Yeah. We're trying to... We're a very important state for this election. So I guess that's why she doesn't really go hard on on the on like a lot of the no, issues. No, that's why she goes like we're good for I'm good for Arizona. Yeah, that's usually what she's like all about Arizona voters. Right. When I was at your house and I, when I brought up the gun control, she said out here they would shoot you for bringing that up. She said they'll shoot you. But I thought, so is she gonna do anything about it? Or she just Maybe. Maybe. It couldn't be a platform. I don't want to be a platform. I understand, but I just want to know. Voting, I have to assume that she'll be okay. Okay. So voting, like, if Rose and those guys are voting for an assault weapons ban, she's going to be on their side with them. You'd think she would. She won't support assault weapons Okay. So the district is competitive. Yep. It's not a slam dunk Democrat district, but okay. it's down in uh, Tucson. So she's got to, she's got to bend. Yep. So if you don't bend out here, you won't win then. Right. I think that's it. Sometimes I just get concerned that she's not left enough. Is she still on our side or what? Yeah, I think she is. Okay. I think she is. I mean, you know, she was pretty liberal early on. But uh, that's not a way to win in this state. I don't think she'd go for So in this state, you just got to say what you got to say, I guess. And then, yeah. Do you think she's liberal enough? Not as liberal as me, but she probably is in her heart, but she knows to survive and get elected. She's got to lock and lock a little bit. So with everything that I want, she's going to vote for like, Not everything, but most. My assault weapon ban. I would think so. I think that's, I think that's pretty reasonable. Now, there's something that just came out yesterday. Uh, it's Project Veritas, which is known for uh, using hidden cameras. Uh, you know, And those guys are convicted people. criminals. Uh, well, to capture, but they, they do go and they capture people saying things that uh, sometimes they're, uh, w- they probably wouldn't say in public. They say in private instead. And the, the video that they put out yesterday, this is not great. Uh, it's Lauren Fromm, uh, which per- Project Veritas says is a field organizer for your campaign. First off, is, is Lauren Fromm part of your team? And second, is she telling the truth? Are you a progressive and are you just acting moderate to get elected? Well, I don't know who Lauren is, so I okay. can't answer that question. Um, but so what she's, I, They say she's a field organizer for your campaign. Well, let's take everything they say with a grain of salt. Okay. These are convicted criminals. Oh, really? 
Well, joining us now to uh, answer that question is Project Veritas dot uh, com CEO and founder of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. Uh, Mr. O'Keefe, how are you, sir? I mean, good, but that's that's outrageous, um, Sean. That that she doesn't know who this person is, and that and that you should take her with a grain of salt. I, I, there's a picture of her. This Jim Sharp, who's a local radio host in Arizona, posted tweeted today. Lauren from standing with with her boss, uh, saying that she can't be who she really is, and Cinema's response is to attack me, call me a criminal call me a criminal and, and say that I should take what I say with a grain of salt. I'm reporting she's a field organizer. That's who she is. She's paid to work for Kirsten Sinema, and, and the Senate candidate is attacking me on the heels of, of uh, Senator McCaskill calling me fraud, saying that it's fraud for me to report what these folks are saying and doing. Uh, if, if it was a no fraud, then you, wouldn't, you, you would be a criminal and you would be in jail, but... You go into states, you know what the laws are, it's one-party consent, you get these people on tape, and they don't like what you report, because what you've exposed with Phil Bredesen in Tennessee and his staff, and Claire McCaskill and her staff in Missouri, and Heidi Heitkamp and her staff in North Dakota, and now Kristen Cinema, who thinks it's okay to join the Taliban in Arizona, is the same thing, is that they're lying to their constituents they're running a propaganda campaign, and they're acting like they are purposefully misleading the people of their states to make them think they're moderates when they're anything but. And they're all all the people working for them are in on the, quote, secret, which is don't tell the voters and those crazy voters in the meth capital of the world, uh, meth lab of democracy, Arizona, the state known in a famous way, in a Lindsay Lohan kind of way. Don't let them know the truth. Just, you know, say what you need to say, lie, and then be a liberal as soon as you're elected. Yeah, and this video, Sean, shows a number of her staffers. It also shows Cinema herself. This is inside of a posh fundraiser for Cinema, and she says that, that, that the people of Arizona would shoot you if you talked about assault weapons ban. Her own campaign manager, her own, this is not a low-level person, the person who runs her campaign says, quote, we can't be talking about an assault weapons ban, that we need this incremental approach for gun control. We have two different staffers, both one of whom, Cinema uh, is, is saying that you should take with a grain of salt what, that I'm reporting that she works for her, when in fact it is a fact that she does. The staffer says she can't be who she really is. Another staffer, uh, Snar is her name, Madison Snar, says, quote, Cinema's going to stand up and protect Arizona values, whatever the F that means, unquote. So they're mocking the idea. They're mocking the idea, these staffers, that Cinema ought to represent the state that she's supposed to uh, be the senator for. That, she, that they're, they're mocking the idea that she should be, be appealing to moderate people and representing the people of Arizona. And they're doing so in this video. And Cinema has now responded attacking me and, and obfuscating the fact that these folks work for her. It's pretty, pretty extraordinary, Sean, and it's blowing up locally here as I speak. Well, it's bigger. They've, it's blown up locally in Tennessee, Missouri, North Dakota, and now Arizona. Um, I guess, you know, uh, Jim Sharp, who was the head of the program, didn't know a whole lot about the project. And, and, but he's followed up on the story and apparently found that she lied to him directly, which doesn't surprise me at all. Did he make any comment about that? 
You know, it's interesting. Sharp is tweeting about it. It is what he said, of course. Even if she does work for her, that doesn't mean that Cinema knows her personally. But, hmm, and then Sharp tweeted the picture of Lauren Fromm, this, this worker for Cinema, standing with Cinema in this picture. No, I'm looking. We're, we're going to tweet out the picture now because, you know, we've got a copy of it. I mean, they're standing like they're best friends. But, but you know, what? It, there's a greater issue here, Sean, and, and that's... People are attacking me and my methods here, and I just want to, just for 15 seconds about this, that, that it's wrong to record people in their own words. This is a Senate election, and these people are saying some pretty extraordinary things. They're saying they have to lie. They're saying they have to mislead. They can't be who they are. And, and McCaskill, who, who came out and said that, that I committed fraud, let me be clear, okay? Uh, if, if what we do, reporting what people say when we're next to them, is fraud, then, you know, we'd have to be willing to allow restaurants to sue restaurant critics who frequently dine out undercover for trespass. We'd have to landlords who have to sue fair housing testers um, who, and stores who you sue browsers. Hey, who, hey, hey listen, I'm a little older than you, uh, James, but that's how 60 Minutes made their mark in television. Mike Wallace was known for this. 60 Minutes was known for this, the, quote, ambush interview. And this isn't even an ambush. Undercover it's video. Not, it's not an ambush. I'm not I know, these people's um, But they, so did, not, all, not, they did undercover, and they did ambush interviews where they'd run in and they weren't expecting cameras. It's all legal. They just don't like being caught. That's what it's they're all, angry it's at. About, it's about power, Sean. It's about power. It's about who right. you're right allowed to investigate and who you're well, allowed to expose. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. About. Quick break. Right back. More with uh, James O'Keefe. ProjectVeritas.com is the website. It's up on Hannity.com. And if this doesn't impact the people of Arizona, I don't know what will. All right. As we continue, James O'Keefe, he's with uh, he's the founder of ProjectVeritas.com. This is now his fourth in a series. First, it was Phil Bredesen, Tennessee. Then it was Claire McCaskill, Missouri. Then Heidi Heitkamp, North Dakota. And I actually think this is the, one of the most powerful yet And catching Kristen Cinema and her staff on tape saying that she is a liberal progressive, but she's not going to tell the people of Arizona such. I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding after your tapes. Well, they're just really getting into the bloodstream now in Arizona, but calling Arizonans crazy, calling Arizona the meth lab of democracy, saying Arizona's famous in a Lindsay Lohan sort of way, that it's okay for Americans to go fight for the Taliban after 9-11. And Martha McSally served her country, who's running against her for 28 years, six tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. She's running anti-war protests while she's risking her life. I don't even know why this election is close, especially with these new videos. This should be it for Kristen Cinema. Well, Sean, these quotes are pretty outrageous, and, and this, this, this whole meth lab of democracy quote in the video, the staffers agree with that comment. Again, this is the staffer, Madison Snar is her name. She's a field organizer with Cinema, and she says that she's going to stand up and protect Arizona values, whatever the F that means, implying that, the, yeah, Arizonas are, are crazy, and, uh, and Cinema has come out saying that uh, um, she wants you to take with a grain of salt my reporting these people work for her. So they either work for her or they don't. Now, I've actually talked to I went to Arizona and I talked to Snar. I, I, I knocked on the door and had a microphone out in the open, and, and, and Snar talked to me for 30 seconds and said that what she said was glib, but she stands by her comments. So th these senators are now lying about, not, not only are they lying about what they have to do to get elected, but they're lying after they're caught, denying these people even work for them. It, it's, it's just crazy, the reactions of these people that are going to govern us. It really is. It's absolutely nuts. 
Uh, all right. The next big question I always ask, is there more to come? Yes, there, there is. And uh, tomorrow, actually. Um, so always, always, Sean, we're going from state to state here. It's, it's, it's pretty easy pickings, actually, when there's such a huge uh, difference between who you project yourself and wh- who you actually are and how you intend to govern. So we're, we're going to release another one tomorrow. Does it have to do with the U.S. Senate again? Well, this one has to do with the Senate and the governor's race. In, uh, in a Does that mean we're state. going to Florida? <laughs> you have to you have to find out tomorrow. Are you are you laughing because I'm right or are you laughing because I'm intuitive <laughs> and smart? You 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 maybe all maybe all of the above. Maybe maybe all of the above. Uh well, listen, I think these are having a big impact. Clearly the local markets now picking up in all these cases. Um and would you think of suing when there's a libel made against you? I, that's that's a decision that my lawyers are are talking about because this is getting out of control. Fraud. I'm a criminal. Uh, when if you look at history, people have done this everywhere, all of the time, and won Pulitzers, and and it's done by everyone over the last hundred years. I, I have to figure out what I'm going to do here. I think at some point there's going to be a change. People are getting used to these techniques, and uh, we're going to live in a society where it's more right, ethical, I gotta let transparent. You go. ProjectVeritas.com, Hannity.com. All right, we'll be looking forward to tomorrow's tape as well. And uh, we'll continue our our airing of these. Thanks to uh, James O'Keefe. We appreciate it. Seven days to go to Election Day. I said this once or twice, but it bears repeating. And you can keep your plan if you are satisfied with it. If you like the plan you have, you can keep it. If you like your plan and you like your doctor... You won't have to do a thing. You keep your plan. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. If you have insurance that you like, then you will be able to keep that insurance. If you like your doctor or health care plan, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. And if you like your insurance plan, you will keep it. So if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your plan, keep your plan. If you like your current insurance, you will keep your current insurance. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you're happy with what you got, nobody's changing it. And if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. And if you like, if you want to pay less, you can pay less. The truth and the reality is tens of millions of Americans lost their doctors, lost their plans, and everybody paid more in spite of the lie, the big promise of Obamacare. What is fascinating as we now head into the final week of this midterm election campaign is what Democrats won't talk about. Now, we had earlier in the program, we had ProjectVeritas.com and James O'Keefe on, and he's now been able to expose in Tennessee, Phil Bredesen, the Democrat, Claire McCaskill, the Democrat in Missouri, Heidi Heitkamp, the Democrat in North Dakota, Kristen Sinema, the Democrat in Arizona, that none of these people are being honest with the people in their respective states. 
They don't want a border wall. They want sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. And in California, they even want to take it a step further. Free health care for anybody, resident, non-resident, legal, illegal, doesn't matter. Gavin Newsom wins out in California on top of your 13.5% state income tax. Now Californians are going to put up a sign. Welcome to California, the home of free health care. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. People are going to go to California just to get free health care. Great job, Gavin Newsom. Watch this implode on Californians. It's going to be ugly. And the mass exodus out of California will even continue at a greater clip and a greater pace. You know, so now what's happened is somehow we forgot that, what, eight years of Obamacare, Americans slowly beginning to forget that their premiums are, have gone up three, four hundred percent in some cases, forgetting that they only have one choice of a health care provider, forgetting that they lost their doctor from long ago that they really liked and wanted, and they forget that People with uh, pre-existing conditions, well, with Obamacare, you pay more. Higher premiums than any other plan. Rate hikes that nobody ever expected and they lied to you about. People losing their doctors, that was a lie. If you like your doctor, keep your doctor. People losing their plans with no choice anymore. And this has now become, in the final week of the election, this is their talking point all across the country. They're saying, well, we're, we're going to, we're, we're, we support health care of pre-existing conditions. Well, the Republicans repeal, replace plan supported pre-existing conditions. And they're trying to basically go with the narrow lie that Republicans want you to die. Republicans want dirty water, dirty air. They want to kill children. They want to throw granny over the cliff. Of course, they're racist, sexist, misogynistic, and xenophobic, Islamophobic, homophobic. Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump's responsible for the horrible shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. And Donald Trump's, even though the guy that shot up the synagogue has hated Donald Trump for being so supportive of Israel. Let's not let facts get in the way of a good propaganda lie in an election year. Anyway, Republicans now are beginning to listen. And not only are they listening to the fact that repeal has to happen, but also direct primary care or what I call concierge care for every American. That, that This is now gaining momentum. And I've had conversations with numerous members of Congress and the Senate as we move forward. And there are a couple of plans that are percolating. One would be block granting money to states so that they can become, you know, the 50 outlets of, of new innovative medicine. And they'll turn over every penny because their political futures will be dependent on it, which would be a good thing. Gavin Newsom wants universal free care for everyone. He gets X number of dollars. Good luck with that. But in states, red states with smart governors, well, it can be a lot different and a lot better. You know, we we often go to the case of healthcare savings accounts, and that w- it would be of your own account. You manage every year, incentivize a yearly checkup. In your younger years, you're building up money. It's your money. But when you get older, if you really get sick, that money, that account is built up a fortune, and you couple it with catastrophic care, fairly inexpensive, depending on what your deductible is. You know, you could pay as low as 100 bucks a year and get a great catastrophic plan if you have a heart attack, a cancer, or have a bad accident. Accident. But anyway, the healthcare cooperatives of Dr. Josh Umber has been a pet project on this program of ours now for years. And he joins us, Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas. He joins us with Dr. Lee S. Gross, and he's the president for Doctors for Patient Care Foundation. Uh, thank you both for being with us. Uh, Dr. Umber, just to remind people, if I lived in Wichita, I could walk into your office, pay you 50 bucks a month. I get unlimited care 24-7. I get a 95% reduction in all of my prescription medicine costs, and my kids get unlimited care for 10 bucks a, a, a month. Is that true? 
That's right. Uh, every American could have concierge-level direct care, just like you know, important people like Sean Hannity. Um, you know, I don't think people understand just how important this election is. Um, we see how divisive D.C. is. We see how much infighting there is, and, and we don't want those people managing our health care. Every American deserves affordable care, and the direct care model does that. Meds for a penny a pill, labs for 2 or $3, unlimited visits, no co-pays, free procedures. We can fix this. We can um, work with employers and redesign insurance plans to decrease savings you know, or premiums by 30 to 60%. We can do that, but we need Republicans in office allowing the free market to function. Uh, because if we go back towards uh, an Affordable Care Act style of Medicare for all, it, it would decrease our ability to really, you know, innovate in a way that uh, is meaningful for our patients. And more importantly, Sean, you know, we're looking at a vision right now. We have two completely different visions on healthcare future. One is a completely government-controlled socialized medicine where you're going to insert the government between patients and their doctors. Um, you know, think of the Kavanaugh hearing. You know, that's how the that's the same government that's going to control your health care. Or you have a, another position that is health care freedom. These are the freedom of choice between you and your physician, uh, where the, your decisions are not being made by the gov- by by the government. And so, you know, while direct primary care is is not a partisan solution, it is a solution that has been embraced by most Republicans that are running, including uh, DeSantis, who's running for governor in the state of Florida. He has embraced this. Newt Gingrich has put this in his you know direct primary care in his platform. Uh, so this is definitely a platform that Republicans are supporting. So if you want freedom, this is definitely a division for you. I mean, the thing Absolutely. is, it's, it's almost mind-numbing to me. And you, you know what? You're right, Dr. Josh. I have friends of mine that are doctors. And because it's not because I pay them, to be honest, but I could pay them. I mean, I, I do pay them in other ways and thank them when they do favors for me. But um, I, I will tell you that I can make a call at 3 o'clock in the morning any day and get a doctor's care and get a doctor's recommendation. And, and, and you know what? If every American, why do, why do only a few Americans deserve that? Or they end up going to these dock-in-the-box places. And I'm not downplaying them. I, I'm sure they play a vital role in certain towns and communities. But I don't think it's ideal because I think most people pick a doctor because they like and trust that individual and know that that person knows who they are and knows their medical background. That's important, too. Yep, and everybody should be able to choose that. And I think that goes back to what Dr. Gross is saying about this is a referendum on freedom. And we want freedom in our uh, schools, in our homes, and, and all the kind of important decisions we make. But then we, we've been you know, missing that level of freedom when it comes to the most important decisions in healthcare. So this really is a, a, a crucial step in history where we can say, look, the free market can do this better than the government's been doing it. People aren't happy with healthcare system now, and meds are $10 a pill. We, we want freedom in healthcare. We want choice. The direct care model allows you know, every man, woman, and child, pre-existing conditions or not, to get incredibly high-quality care in an affordable way. Um, and that's not even it, a partisan. You know, it shouldn't be a partisan. Right. Yeah. It, you know, in our practice, we have not raised our prices in eight years. We've charged $60 a month for eight years for unlimited primary care services. Our x-rays are $25. Our MRIs are $220. These are all affordable. So, you know, pre-existing, no pre-existing condition. The question is, can you actually afford to get the care you need by the doctor you need when you need it? 
Uh, and these direct care solutions, getting the government out of the middle of this relationship, can actually do that. So you need to embrace, you know, the people that are running for office that support the freedom in health care. You know, it seems that, you know, it's so simple and so basic and so fundamental. And this is where I got frustrated with Republicans because they had promised repeal, replace, and they weren't ready for the moment. There's no doubt about it. Now, to the president's credit, he got rid of the individual mandate, but that's only a first step. And if every Democrat is going to go out there and say, well, we're going to have we're going to ha- have better health care options for the American people. But in many cases, they're the very same people that gave us the failure of Obamacare. When you're offering a health care cooperative model, you've duplicated now on how many practices across the country, Dr. Umber? We've helped over 550 practices get launched, but there's over a thousand and growing every day. Um, you know, we had uh, 20 practices start last month alone. That's a new practice every business day. Um, so have, and, and you're having and, direct access, every individual, 24-7 direct access to a doctor. There's right. no pre-existing condition prejudice at all in these practices. Exactly. If you can afford a cell phone, you can afford direct patient care or primary care. There's no insurance, except you probably would want to couple the direct care with like a catastrophic plan, which yeah. is fairly inexpensive. Um, you have car insurance for the big stuff. But I think, you know, a point that goes unmentioned is the fact that these insurance premiums are going up 20, 30 percent every year when Dr. Lee and I have never raised our prices is is killing the economy. It's killing jobs. It's taking good well, I'm money. I'm not trying to be nosy, but are you making at 50 bucks a patient? I'm, I, I, are you make a month? Are you making any money? Well, so we we're do, the only we practice well that hasn't been acquired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, our practice words, has not been acquired by the big boxes. You know, we're able to keep the practices afloat. We're able to drive interest in primary care. We're able to treat people in the rural communities. These practices are in inner cities. They're in critical access hospitals or critical access communities in suburban and urban settings. Uh, and it's working so poor, everywhere This basically is saying poor people in America or people we define as poor or lower income, they can pay 50 bucks a month and they can get a hold of you 24-7. And if they need a Z-Pack, they're going to walk out with a Z-Pack and pay a buck for the Z-Pack. Well, exactly. you know, they, yeah, they should be able to get that. If you think about it, the poorer and sicker you are, the more you need a model like this. MIT did a study on Oregon's Medicaid system and only 20 cents on the dollar got to the recipient. But, Unbelievable. You, know, you need to have a, a functioning car and car insurance and gas money to get to the doctor. If you're poor, you can text your doctor. You can email them. You can call them. You don't have to leave the house necessarily because the doctors are... And how many patients do you have? Uh, we have about six to 700 per doctor. Okay. So, so you're so holding well, a But by the way, and I'm assuming it's like most practices, probably most of your patients are like me. I really don't want to see you unless I really need you. Unless I'm saying hello or, you know, saying let's go fishing together. Um, because most people dread, but there's probably at least 10 patients of every practice where they're calling you every day, I'm assuming. We we have our high utilizers and, and our low utilizers, <laughs> but it's a good thing. Yeah, we have our high we have our high utilizers. Uh, we have a few pains in the ass that never stop. But we you know we factor that in. Um, it's but all the, part of the program. We have doctors coming from uh, 350 doctors from 41 states descending on Orlando this weekend to attend a conference to learn how to. Uh, set up their practices after this. So, you know, with over a thousand practices nationwide already practicing the direct care model, uh, we're looking to increase that just by 30% with one conference alone. Uh, the interest is massive and keeps on growing. And as long as we put policies in place at the state and federal level that continue to allow these practices to, to grow 
and blossom, uh, you'll see this movement moving all across the country, getting better access, better care for better cost. Listen, I got to tell you, any Democrat that is telling you anything about health care, that's not now is their talking point. We're offering health care uh, and, and Republicans won't take, take care of pre-existing conditions. They're lying. It's as bold a lie as keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money. And why would you trust the people that burned you the first time? So that's their talking point in the final week of the election. And these alternatives, uh, assuming Republicans get the Senate and hopefully the House, which is a lot tighter, um, it would be an opportunity for them to adopt this model. And every American could have concierge care at lower rates and we'd all be better off. All right, Dr. Umber, uh, one day you're going to charge me for coming on the program. We appreciate you joining us once again. Dr. Gross, thank you as well. If you want to go, it's Atlas MD. Every time I do that, it gets another 100 patients, and uh, I'm not sure if you can handle them all, but if I was in Wichita, you'd be my doctor. I'll tell you right now. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. One week from tonight, Election Day, we've got the best election coverage. We've got our pollsters tonight, John McLaughlin, Doug Schoen. Also, we'll be checking in with Rana McDaniel, which races are the closest. We'll bring you up to speed on the Senate, the House, everywhere in between. Lindsey Graham and Mike DeWine will check in with us. All right, that's all happening tonight. Best election coverage on TV. Hannity, Fox News, hope you'll join us. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere, and it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes. That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. And through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. 
proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com.